Hello everyone, how are you? Welcome to our third episode of podcast Towards Sustainable Future. In this podcast, we are going to talk about SDG 8, SDG 16, SDG 17. We are going to circulate around pandemic and how this pandemic has affected all these SDGs. And to address this, we have a special guest here today, Ms. Georgina Henwood. How are you, Georgina? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm great as well. Georgina is a founder of Avertis. She has been general secretary, deputy chair and delegate various MNUs. We are so pleased to have you here, Georgina. Thank you. Great. Uh, so, Georgina, I have read your uh, LinkedIn portfolio. And I realized that you have been general secretary and you had attended so many MNUs. I just wanted to ask you, what does it feel like to address pressing, pressing issues of various nations at such a platform? Um, I think it's really changed the way that I look at the world and how I interact with politics as a generally. Um, before me, when I was very much being political, I didn't engage um, a lot of the views that I take on, whether from parents or my friends rather than of my own. It's like I maybe watch the news, but now it's I take a much deeper approach to political happenings in the world. I think as well is that I'm much more aware of all of the issues. You know, before there was loads of things that I haven't even heard of or I barely knew anything about, other than that there was a conflict or there were refugees from places. But now I have a definitely a much more deeper understanding of the history of a lot of conflicts and a lot of areas of tension, uh, which has definitely helped and is now point led me on to hopefully start re in politics and economics and investment. That's so great. That's so great. Uh, Georgina, I want to pick up on something you just said that you have been so much deeply engaged with all the political issues happening around the world right now. What do you think is the pressing issue that is happening at a global scale right now? I've actually been asked this question a lot recently, which is kind of odd, but the thing that is international accountability. Yeah, you see these SDGs and the good that could come if all of them actually happened, you know, if there was no poverty, if there was peace and security. However, the, there is a very much a lack of international accountability for majority of nations especially the P5 nations in the Security Council. One of the hardest things about stuff like the Paris Peace Conference is, although it looks like it's making massive steps towards a brighter future and towards a greener future, the problem is that there's no way of holding these countries accountable other than you should be. You know, China could be producing massive emissions year on year and no one can really tell them, oh, you've got to stop. Because they'll be like, why? Why have I got to stop? No one's stopping. So there is a very much a lack of international uh, accountability, you know, for, including mostly for stuff like environment, but also for stuff like war crimes, holding refugees, helping refugees, asylum seekers human rights issues. These are things that get ignored or continually repressed on the international forums because there's no clear way of solving it when you don't, when you can't punish people for doing wrong, when you can't 
happens that we can it just gets buried and eventually people kind of forget about it perhaps uh, the families of people that have been hurt won't get justice you know it's quite a vicious cycle but someone got away with it and then everyone can get away with it so it definitely for me that's the most pressing issue and it definitely spans a lot of topics definitely all of the sdgs specifically more stuff like environment and human rights related also Yeah, thank you so much, Georgina. I think you put an amazing point over there about international accountability. I also feel that, yeah, as you mentioned, that just people get away with this and most of all the most exposed and the most vulnerable have to face consequences of this catastrophic events happening around. Talking about catastrophic event, I want to shed some light on the pandemic that has been going around the world. This pandemic has various social and political effects. Would you like to shed some light on both of this? Um, yeah, uh, obviously looking to take a green so I've generally been very focused on that, especially in developing nations where it's definitely going to hit the hardest in terms of an economic shock. There have been a few main impacts of the economy. The first is a demand shock. There's suddenly been a very shift in what people buy you know, stuff like makeup industry, it's restaurants. People don't need these things when they're just in lockdown or sitting at home. There's also been a much higher demand for stuff like toilet paper, which we all saw at the beginning of this year. So this is obviously alone. This would be a huge economic impact. But there's also been a falling commodity and a shock to the financial markets. Business plans for 2020 have changed irreparably. Business plans are actually very key to the movement of the economy and the continuum of the economy and that these have been changed in a very short amount of time really, maybe a month, maybe less. Um, it's going to change where the economy is heading in the long run uh, and that really depends on how each company manages it, especially these large firms. They're going to have to see very much a shift in their dynamics. Um, one of the others is the disruption in supply chains. This is actually one of the most important ones, especially for areas of conflict, developing countries, places where they don't really have the infrastructure to deal with broken supply chains. And there's also been a decline in remittance, which is the transfer of money. Um, this is very important because immigrants or migrants who usually go abroad for work, um, they are no longer sending money back home. So you're seeing a lack of money in two places, wherever the migrant is working, say the UK, and also back home where they, their family isn't receiving any money. They aren't receiving the money to live. So that's a problem in two places. So those are really the main economic impacts so far. Thank you so much, Georgina. Uh, I like the way you mentioned about immigrants and about the supply chain you just mentioned. And also the topic which you mentioned that this pandemic is going to hit the hardest to the developing nation or third world 
countries. Uh, surrounding this, I want to pick up on something that, as you mentioned, that there would be lack of uh, money transfers. So, for this lack of money transfer, uh, accompanied by this pandemic, lead to various uh, violence outbreaks in different parts of the country. Yeah, I mean, it will definitely affect uh, different nations differently. And I think that's one of the things that people aren't necessarily considering. And these policymakers haven't started to consider until really recently. Especially, even like high up academics haven't really started to consider how the dynamics in each nation change. So the kind of Western policy of shut down everything pay people that are unemployed, help businesses that are going bankrupt, can't just be copied and pasted over to a developing nation in sub-Saharan somewhere in South America. These are totally different countries, they have totally different economic structures, and the way that they work is very different. Um, so the developing nations don't have the fiscal resources to deal with this, and they're already often dealing with debts from World Bank, from the IMF, or from China. Poor nations, they, they're gonna also have to consider the economic impact uh, that has, as it has a potential for people's lives equally, if not worse, than the virus. Um, particularly in the fact with the broken supply chains, is that there could very easily be a food crisis. When these are import reliant countries, and suddenly they're not getting imports. So that's one of the biggest things that many domestic agriculture shocks and the contraction of it is going to decline food supplies. Yeah, great. Uh I especially like the point that you mentioned that each and every country has different economic structures. So each and country, each and every country will have to deal with this situation as per the policies that these existing countries have. Uh, so I would like to now merge both these uh, issues that we just discussed about the conflict that has been happening at the same time the economic crisis. So what would you like to shed some light upon the vulnerability of the conflict affected areas? And at the same time, we, they are facing this pandemic crisis and they're going to face economic crisis, which will be hit, hit on them very harder. And at the same time, there are various violence conflicts on national as well as international levels. Would you like to shed some light on this complete matter? Yeah, so in terms of conflicts, like, of course, the virus is going to interact with them. It's unavoidable. It's around and although it may not directly cause outbreaks, it's always going to be a multiplying factor, something that can contribute. Something just enough, you know, adding a few more droplets to the cups that then to So, especially um, the economic and health shock is just going to increase. Even in places like the UK and America, you're seeing kind of rallying behind different groups. Very crisis. But the pandemic is also undermining 
very key social structures of the communities affected by conflict or war. Um, this is going to make recovery as now everyone is locked in their homes and waiting to Zoom or FaceTime to call people to organize meetings or to have the rallying of the community, then it kind of breaks down reconciliation breaks down this community. Um, and the second thing is it's also broken down trust between the government and the people. You know, there isn't a lot of resources especially in developing especially in And so when people see that their family, their friends are dying, are being falling very ill, and there just isn't the resources to care for them, there isn't the resources to help them, they feel like betrayed by their government. And then they've got to trust this government again to help them end the conflict. Put aside their political views to help Calm things to help all ceasefires. And one of the things which a lecturer at the university said was that although lots of the massive proxy wars, the massive international conflicts have all temporary ceasefires because of the violence, there isn't the same thing for small localized scale conflict, especially with guerrilla style warfare, because it is just small groups of people. Um, there's also the final concern about security and coronavirus is more about the use of security forces in a heavy police state justified in the time of the pandemic to enforce in authoritarian methods and to control the population more, such as in introducing heavier curfews, enforcing people to stay at home, uh, allowing police to wander streets and unlike in some western nations where police are often seen as a force for good this is not necessarily the case uh, as well as in zones of conflict health services can and have previously been targeted in the past um, this is obviously going to make care for people exceedingly difficult if hospitals are being hit if surgeries nurses are being hit Overall, with conflicts, it's going to change the nature of it. It's going to change its dynamic. It's going to add another layer of complexity onto already complex conflicts with many groups, many people. Uh, and it will also act as a driver of conflict with its loss of livelihood and the food shortages that I mentioned earlier. Yeah, thank you so much, George, and how to put all of this in this way. I really like the way you mentioned about various social structures and how it's going to have changed the complete dynamics of a normal living. So thank you so much. Uh, I want to ask you one question surrounding SDGs. After all this dis discussion, which we just had about pandemic, about the conflict crisis, about economic crisis, what do you think is the role of SDGs and especially SDG 8, which deals with decent work and economic growth, SDG 16, which is about peace, justice, and strong institution, and SDG 17, which is about partnership for coach. What do you think is the role of all these SDGs and especially these three SDGs 
in dealing with this pandemic and the crisis that will be surrounded by it i think as i mentioned it's shaken things up a pretty global scale and now is the time to kind of look back at these sdgs and think what policy and i as a nation or we as a nation or even as a business practice put in place that aligns better with these sdgs that's going to help us it, there's very much an opportunity now uh, help people get back to work across the globe to start to have some employment to help in nations that perhaps didn't have anything beforehand. Uh, and in terms of SDG 68, this is a time where major conflicts under ceasefire. These nations should be reconsidering their role in the conflict, how the conflict is progressing, and how well, they can stop it really, how mediation talks can start to begin and what we can do as nations, as people to help ease these conflicts but on both a local scale, you know, depoliticizing and working together as a community, but also on an international layer level where people should be reassessing their role, especially in proxy conflicts or larger militant issues where people are just Nations need to reconsider what their priorities are. Is it having a country that has a healthy economy, got a strong system, or is it fighting in wars over whatever, over oil, over religion, whatever they may deem the, the biggest cause? So this is a time for countries to reevaluate. It's time for businesses to reevaluate. Time for organizations as a whole to reevaluate and start to align their policies, not only for the shift with the coronavirus, but also for a brighter future and for the growth and further implementation of the STPs in everyday practice and everyday life. Thank you so much, Georgina, for putting it in this way the way you mentioned about SDGs and they circulating around this crisis and i really and i really feel that it's it's all about smarter investments now it depends on countries where they want to invest themselves is it healthy economy or is it healthy people which is what sdg stands for peace and prosperity for people and planet present and in the future uh, on a closing note georgina would you like to address something to our listeners around the globe um it doesn't affect me because the more international bridge something has, even if it's just a small block, even if it's just you reposting it on your Facebook, these all add up and they do make a difference. I had a speaker who was sitting just outside the major zone conflict, sitting speaking to me from a hotel room. He said, Don't ever let the international press lose focus of what's important. So, as a reader, as a listener, as a consumer of media, don't just focus on whatever's hot and trending. Focus on what's not hot and trending. In fact, focus on the bad bits as well as the good bits. It's important to remain firmly and solidly in the globe and in the international presence and understand what's happening and understand where injustices are and what could 
it could not be done to fix it. Thank you so much, Georgina. Thank you so much. Uh, now, as we are at our closing point, we have this thing in our podcast where we ask one guest to ask question to our next guest. So, would you like to ask one question to our next guest? Um, yes. I'm going to ask, how do you think SDGs can be implemented in a daily routine, in someone's daily life, someone that's a listener of this podcast, or a magazine, just an everyday person, not a diplomat, not a prime minister or president, I think that's a wonderful question and we would surely love to hear answer from our next guest. Thank you so much, Georgina, for such an exceptional and amazing episode we have with you. Thank you so much for having with us and thank you so much for sharing our insights. I'm sure that everyone will love this. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was great. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. In the next episode, I'll bring another guest who'll address some another pressing issues. Till then, take care, stay safe. Bye.